Hey everybody, welcome to Texas Three Step, sponsored by Texas Sports Life. This is episode three. We got a good show in store for all of y'all. Tyler, lead us off. What we got going today? Yeah, it's really going to be a lot about college football today. College football is all pandemonium right now. It is just complete chaos. And not not the chaos that we like. Not the chaos where, you know, Chris Davis is running back a field goal on Alabama, ruining their hopes. or At Jonathan. At Jonathan Thomas. Or, uh, you know, we got this wild cow trying to murder this dog right before a game. No, not the fun pandemonium. No, we got the possibility that college football will not happen. Today, we had Big Ten come out and say they're not having a season. We had the Pac-12 follow-up, not that anyone cares, and they said we're also not having a season. The college football landscape is just completely up in the air right now. We don't know what the Big 12 is going to do. We don't know what the SEC is going to do. We don't know what the ACC is going to do. And for some reason, there's a lot of FCS conferences out there that we've heard nothing about them. We don't know what they're going to do. So, yeah, there's a lot going on um, with the college football, and it's just complete chaos every single day. Um, Cody, what are your initial thoughts with all this? Uh, I think it's interesting. I think there's definitely going to be some effects on the college landscape. Like I'm seeing things that the Big 12 stays uh, and plays in the fall. They could potentially have Iowa and Nebraska join the conference. Maybe even like Ohio State and Penn State could join to bump them up to 14. I think that'd be a lot of fun if they did it. But I think the effects that it will have will be big, but more than likely short term, uh, unless there's conference realignment. But I think it's going to affect the Big 12 the most, regardless of what happens. Yeah, I I totally agree. I see the way I see this is I think the Big 12 is kind of. They're the tipping point right now for college football being completely canceled. They're also just kind of like, um, they're the conference that's probably going to be split the most, possibly, or taken the most teams. We'll see about that. But they're they're the most uh, malleable, I feel like. They're the most to change with the remaining conferences. It, it looks like um, with the changes in conferences, it seems like there's a lot of ideas thrown out there you know, teams could be brought in the Big 12, Nebraska, Iowa. Teams could potentially join the SEC, and they could make a super conference, which would be extremely exciting. I would love to see that. I'm already calling it the – instead of the SEC, I'm calling it the Super Eastern Conference. I think it's a decent name. Add a mega in there. I, super mega. Super mega awesome Eastern Conference. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Extreme Conference. Extreme conference, super extreme conference. There we just go. Change yeah, all man. the rules. Let's just yeah, let's have do it. Full on melees. <laughs> let's just have brawls in the game. Yeah, no have, officials, no helmets, no. Let pads. the players figure it out. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, <laughs> do let's, it. let's go back to pre nineteen hundred rules. Yeah, let's get those leather helmets. You know, <laughs> just bash some skulls in. Shout out to Christian. <laughs> you really gonna get some CTE? Hey, man. <laughs> Hey, man, we're all hurting. But um, it's interesting with getting back on topic. It's interesting with all these things like shifting. The The question I saw on the Pat McAfee show is like, can they even like change conferences? Like, is that even an option? Like, are they legally binded to like their conferences? Did they sign agreements? Like, are they allowed to leave? 
that will be in- very interesting. If the lawyers get involved with all this, it's just all this is going to go to hell for sure. Yeah, who, I think who even they knows sh- if we have a season. I think they should be allowed to leave the conference since the conference is wanting to do one thing and they're wanting to do another thing. But you know, there's probably some writing that says they can't. But I I would think it'd be okay as long as they go back to the conference after the season's over. Yeah, so that that's the other thing. Will they play? If you're a Big Ten school, let's say you're Ohio State, are you going to play um, in this super extreme mega conference? And then are you going to play in the spring in the Big Ten? Like, what's going to happen with that? I could see them running out if they're allowed to. I could see them running out like their backups or something, and just <laughs> playing for fun. That would be a smart idea. Just get get a bunch of reps for your guys that you're never going to need in the next year. The the thing that worries me here is uh is how if you if you do this super mega conference whatever you call it is uh <clears throat> how would they do like a certain playoff how would they do find out who's the best team any of that you know or ranking structure or anything like that and leading off to the off of that is where what about the players that are eligible for the draft what happens there well let's be real if the uh, Pac twelve and Big Ten outside of Ohio State, who could probably still join one of the conferences or may join it, none of those teams probably even have a chance to make the college football playoffs. So it's unlikely that it's going to affect much. Yeah, but getting back to what Q was saying, um, there's going to be some star players that are going to be like, hey, why do I even need to play the season? Like, I just want to be drafted, you know? Like, I, I didn't join college to be a great college football player. I joined to just improve my stock and improve my chances of getting drafted in the first round. Like, if you're Justin Fields at Ohio State, like, why why would you want to play, honestly? Yeah. Like, why would you want to put yourself at risk? Why wouldn't you just start training? Yeah, I think we'll see a lot of guys do that. But I uh, there's also going to be a lot of guys that, will play because they want to have they want to be the next Joe Burrow and go out and like a was, sixth or seventh round guy and then become the number one guy. I was about to say that. I was about to say that. You're robbing you're robbing chances of uh, guys like a Joe Burrow situation where you're a nobody and then you have this insane breakout year and then nothing can stop you. You're the number one overall pick, you know? It's I mean, it could any anybody could be that next guy. I mean you can never can tell. And so that's that's the crazy thing about college football, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But I think for the star players, they're not really in this to, like, win championships or anything, I don't think. I think the draft is a lot more important to them. But, yeah, for the guys that definitely need to improve their draft stock, I definitely could see them playing. But would it be a situation where they would maybe take some games off or potentially or – who oh. knows? Like, there's so many question marks about this. Trevor Lawrence looks like he wants to play. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he does. <laughs> it uh, could very me... well come. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I think this could very well come down to just how much the players love the game for them playing or not. Because a guy like Trevor Lawrence, he's more than likely going to be the number one pick in the upcoming draft. Uh, but it looks like, like Quentin said, he's going to be on board with playing out of the love for the game. Some other players, uh, I'm not saying they don't love the game, but players, they care more about themselves than their teams, and rightfully so. They want to protect themselves and uh, their future 
in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Right. Let exactly. me let me uh, let Good. me ask y'all. Um, with what's been going on with Trevor Lawrence and like all these other star players posting on social media, like we want to play. Do y'all think that's actually moving the needle? And, I think and so, like, at least a little bit. I think, especially nowadays, uh, people listen to their social media influence quite a bit more than they used to. And so, I mean, you see it in a lot of things. And so I think it at least moves the, moves the needle just a little bit, at least. I mean, you see it in your players and themselves that they're they're willing to do this. They're willing to to put down their bodies online and, and make something happen here, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the thing I've been wondering, though, is just, like, with the conferences canceling, with some wanting to play, like, obviously, they're kind of in this for the money, but, like, what what is the tipping point? Like, do you need a significant amount of players coming out and saying, hey, we're ready to play? Do you need coaches and ADs to join that? Like, does this need to be a movement? Like, what is the thing that's going to push the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12 over to actually wanting to play? Well, TCU tweeted today, like their athletic like TCU athletics and their athletic director both tweeted today hashtag we want to play. So I think if like you can get the majority of the schools and those conferences going out and saying that they want to play, it's gonna force the NCAA and the conferences to let them play. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, if you look at it, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, but, no, go ahead, go ahead. But if you look at it, I mean, the biggest thing for these universities is liability issues. It's not necessarily even about the virus, and it's—I mean—it's about—it's about money. If it's about—I mean—it's about the virus, or if one of these kids gets it and it's a bad case, you got a lawsuit on the school's hands. It's—it's it's something that's going to affect—it's going to affect the school, and it's going to affect all the sponsors of the school, and it's—it's just—it's hurting all of them, all their bottom line. And if you look at it, it's all about money. It really is. And COVID's a COVID's a scary thing, and it's, it's something that's affecting the whole world right now. But if you look at the NCAA, it's it's all about money, and it has been the entire time. Now, what about um, you go to lower levels like the FCS, like where they're not making a whole lot of money off this, and like also they don't have the infrastructure to basically test and do all these things. It's like, what what should they do? Like the Southland Conference, or I think the Big Sky cancel about. The Big South is still playing, I think, too. But like, what what would you do if you're the FCS? Well, see, the FCS that's a that's a different story. I don't mean to cut you off there, Cody, but that's that's a different story because I mean, you're up, you're right. It's not as much money, but also it's it's also I mean, you have guys that that come out and surprise you. I mean, every now and then from there, I mean, Carson Wentz became the number two overall pick. You know, so it wasn't. I mean, you have players that can come out and surprise you. There's players that are good players in there. And, I mean, honestly, the gap's closing. What was your opinion on that, Cody? Uh, I'm the FCS. I'm just telling the conferences do whatever they want. And then if I'm the conferences, I'm probably just going to cancel conference play because it just puts the players at too much of a risk and you're not going to make any money. But I would tell the schools, if you still have commitments to go play, to go play like FBS schools that are still playing – go play them and get get your money that's a good idea yeah i think i lean towards that too i think for sure they need to go get that those big games and make money obviously you'd love to see these guys get more opportunities of course they they want to play for sure like i i've been hearing that of course 
while I'm on campus or on HBU. And like, I feel bad for these guys. They've worked so hard during the spring and summer to get ready and like might get postponed this spring, but it, it might be a better scenario for them if the bigger schools end up playing mostly in the fall and they're playing in the spring. And all of a sudden, like the NFL scouts, like have more time to look at these FCS players and say like, Oh, these guys are actually really legit. And um, yeah, like it could possibly lead into a thing where the FCS might be spring full time. I could see that. Um, I think with all this stuff going on, this is providing a lot of problems, but it's also providing a lot of opportunities going forward to restructure things. I mean, where, uh, I agree. Uh, I agree with that, but then you're not going to have any crazy upset like Appalachian State over Michigan. I mean, that that barely happens unless you're like <laughs> State now. Unfortunately, I, w- I would love to see that for sure. Armani but Edwards, there, man. There is a problem, though. Often. Moving FCS to the spring does pose a problem, though, because uh, there are two sport athletes, so it's going to mess the guys who play football and baseball up. There's not very many of them, but it's still going to mess them up, and it's going to put them in a tough bind. It's going to put their schools in a tough bind because the player's now going to have to pick between football and baseball, and more than likely he's going to make one of the two coaches mad. That's a great point. I have not heard anybody make that make that point yet. That is a really yeah, good point there, I, Cody. Actually, Noah brought that up to me. Uh, Noah Norwood, our friend, uh, he – we may do a YouTube thing with them later on for for hockey. Uh, he brought that up to me a couple of weeks ago, and I thought that was a great point he made. Yeah, and, and not just baseball too. You got track and field, and I think there's some guys that have done basketball and football. It's yeah, like what what do you do, man? There's there's not really a great answer right now. Like you you have the win win of like it might um, give them a better chance of being seen by scouts but like you're wanting to be seen by scouts in both sports obviously you're wanting to widen your chances does it become a thing where you move other sports like do we uh, just completely rearrange everything something they could do is have football start in like fcs football start in like december and have it run through like march because that's around the time baseball starts so then those guys could just take a couple weeks getting ready and then probably be ready around conference play time. That'd be really hard on, on, on those arms though. Or, I mean, it doesn't matter what position you play is transitioning from sport to sport. That's, that's a problem I have with, uh, with even D one schools switching over. I mean, if these players were to get drafted or anything like that, even having like just, just the summertime to recover is not really even enough time to recover and, recuperate and be able to be ready to be on an NFL roster if that was the case if they were to get drafted and so moving to the spring poses a lot of lot of issues that like that we haven't even gotten even barely into yeah Yeah, it'd be hectic go ahead Cody I was just saying it'd be real hectic if they did that yeah I agree yeah Quinn you brought up a point um because of everything that's changing um the NFL kind of has to adjust too. like obviously they're tied to college football too so are they going to move the drafts are they going to move the count of the combine and all the different events pro days too um what if if everything gets moved to the spring like what what's going to happen for those guys that are trying to get drafted immediately what i like, think could happen is uh so you saw it with the mlb this past year uh or this past draft actually 
that just happened what month or two ago it, uh they yeah. they actually shortened their draft to five rounds and so i don't know i i don't i mean nfl is a little different a lot of these guys have been scouting these guys a little bit longer and mlb you kind of you don't really know how a guy's going to transition into from high school to like a like a college style ball or a more competitive league you know it's a little bit more difficult to tell because some of these guys are such late bloomers i mean you have the same thing in the nfl but if a guy's freaking six foot three, 240 pounds, I mean, he's going to be six foot three, 240 pounds, you know? And so, yeah, I don't know if the MLB drafts a bath, but draft, but you know, go ahead. Cody. And the thing with the MLB draft, it's such a crapshoot. Like yeah. you have guys who are drafted in the 40th round, making it up to the majors and only one number one overall pick has ever made it to the MLB hall of fame and Griffey. So That's true. It, it's such a, it's such a crapshoot for baseball. It is. It is. I'm just saying that that you may see some type of change up in the draft. Maybe they shorten it down. Maybe it's rescheduled, but they're definitely going to have to do something because I don't know if I mean, I don't know if they'll have enough on everybody just in case, you know, like to do seven rounds. Yeah, they may shorten it to five. Yeah, I can see that happening. That'd be a safe shorten, but you're going to see a lot more people return for their senior year or their junior years though here. Yeah, and uh, will the NCA kind of give these redshirt guys or these seniors that are kind of having these crazy seasons, are they going to give them another year? That should they be another should. thing they should be looking at. I yeah, agree. they really should. Absolutely. But who knows? There's a lot of questions right now, um, especially and especially with the, the players specifically. Like, There's a lot of things going on with them. They're, they're gathering for probably the first time like grouping together and like demanding certain rights and today we got some really big news from uh actually the supreme court about this i, I want to read this real quick for everyone and th- this is going to get swept in the rug but this is massive news for all college players and today is tuesday in case y'all didn't know when we were recording this august tuesday, 11th. August, august 11th yeah yeah so um the NCA has been trying to delay um, this ruling from, I think, a year ago, basically saying that players could receive more benefits, I think, tied to school. So they could get more school equipment. They could get more travel opportunities. They could get cash incentives. And the Supreme Court, basically, they listened to what the NCA said, and uh, they refused to let the NCA block the first um, ruling. So as of this week, right now, colleges could expand benefits if they want to, to players. Now, this doesn't directly mean they could just start paying them cash, straight cash, but they could start giving them even more gear, probably feeding them more. Um, I'm not sure, 100% sure about the specifics, but it would give them a lot more... uh, things that they they've asked for and really needed as players i I think i think most people agree that like ncaa players are really get shafted on this deal like the ncaa and all these conferences make billions of dollars and these players are not making much like they're getting scholarships which is great but they need a bigger piece of the pie in whatever form it takes no matter if it's cash no matter if it's more anything any perks that they have so 
this is a huge ruling. A lot of things will be going down after this for sure. And I think we'll see even more rulings from the Supreme Court. But this is really the first major or really second major step to players maybe getting eventually paid, which would be huge. What are y'all thoughts on that? It's kind of a lot to take in. I think if they're going to pay players, it's going to be very tough because of Title IX. I think I've said this before. Just because of all that goes on, I think the best way to do it, to do it evenly, is to make like all the BCS or not BCS New Year Six teams, uh, their players get a set, set amount based off like the amount that their teams make for making it to those bowl games, and then the same thing for uh, like teams that make it to the final eight or whatever in other sports as well. I mean, at the minimum, at least let them make money off their likeness so we can get NCAA football video game back. Heck yeah. <laughs> That's what the world needs. If you know, if they kept making that game, coronavirus wouldn't have happened. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, bold statement from Cody Smith. NCAA football is the cure to COVID. Yeah, those, those CNN people, is going to be repo- reporting on that soon. That's those people in Wuhan would have been so... football hoax. <laughs> Those people in Wuhan would have been so busy running around with Trevor Lawrence at quarterback. (laughs) Golly, we are going off the rails tonight. But, uh, yeah. I thought I would be the one going off the rails tonight, not you. No, it's it's Cody tonight, too. I'm I'm four beers deep. (laughs) (laughs) Golly. uh, Hey, I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. Uh, bring us back. Yeah. Where were we? <laughs> we're, we're talking about Unclear. the SCOTUS ruling or Supreme Court ruling. That's right. Yeah, so big news. It's going to get swept in their rug. We'll get a lot more rulings going forward. But another huge uh, ruling against the NCAA. The NCAA, the, the big uh, thing we've learned from all this, everything, all this chaos that's happened the NCA is very weak right now, and they're just like they're so close to being done. It's time to put them down. Sure. Yeah, it's time to put them down. And that you know, Q, that brings us to our rant time of the, the week. The NCA needs to go. It is time. We need to take the NCA out back, put them out to pasture. You know, they need to go up to the farm up north. They need to Old go. Yeller? Old Yeller, right? turn them in the group. They need to go for sure. Um, for too long, the NCAA has been the governing body. And really, the original purpose was to prevent the players from getting screwed over um, and kind of keep things fair amongst players. But the funny thing is, is we're in 2020 and like a lot of the problems are coming from the NCAA. Yeah, like, it seems like they're the ones screwing over the players. Yeah, exactly. Like they seem like since they're trying to be a government body, they seem like a government body that's so behind on the times. Like yeah, they no. never knew that players would be making billions of dollars for their schools and not make a dime basically. And like, we really need to just get rid of them and just create a new system. And I think now is absolutely the time for sure. Um, but I was thinking for this rant thing, we could kind of just go through just kind of some of the great, great things and quotes that the NCAA has done over the years. Not only have they not paid the players, but over the years, they have 
overstepped the line on so many things. Um, let me pull up this article real quick. If you want to go from hot little potato right now. <laughs> yeah, y'all talk for a second. Hold on. <laughs> I mean, if you want to go back to the beginning of NCAA, let's start with uh, not giving Jim Brown the Heisman. He should have very well been the very first African-American player to win the Heisman. Instead, it was Ernie Davis. Yeah, so deeply, like, there's some deep racial ties, this racist ties to this. Like, the the fact that they don't want to pay players and kind of treat them like slaves in a sense. And at the same time, like, they've hammered African-Americans for many years, like, when there should have been changed a lot earlier. Like, they're very behind on the time, for sure. Um, yeah, you talked about Jim Brown and then you talk about, uh, Reggie, what happened with Reggie Bush, the fact oh, that yeah. he was just trying to help out his family. Like, <laughs> there they- is absolutely no reason something like that should happen. Um, I mean, it's, it's crazy. They, they recently gave it back to him though, didn't they? Or they, so I don't think he has the Heisman back, but he's allowed to return to USC. So imagine this, they can remove him just completely from the face of the earth of being attached to USC and being one of the greatest players of all time. They can remove all his stats. They can take away his Heisman. Like, all that stuff, like, it never existed. Like, is that not, like, the traits of, like, a, a authoritarian government? Like, honestly. It's insane. Like, you're, just, yeah. you're racing history. What are you doing? How can you ban someone from a university? Like, yeah, that, that just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and, something and it's like just, that too. It's different. It's like he didn't. I'm not even gonna say anything. No, he didn't do anything too extreme, you know. So it's like, yeah, like a lot of these incidents are just players. Like they're just trying to provide for their families. Like scholarships are great, but it's like it doesn't put food on the table most of the time. And like a, a lot of these kids, a lot of these great kids, is just like they're coming from situations where like their families do not really have a lot, and it's just right. like. And then all of a sudden you got boosters like, hey, we can slide you something off the side, something you really deserve. Like, and we'll try to keep it quiet. Like, and then the NCAA is like, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't do that at all. Like, are you kidding me? First of all, how do you have the power to even do that? It's yeah, insane. That's insane. It really is. But um, I wanted to, I finally got the article pulled up, but. I want to run down some of the even crazy things that they've crazier than the Reggie Bush stuff. So they've hand down sanctions to Oklahoma because they serve too much pasta at a, <laughs> at like some <laughs> function. The guys ate too much. Heaven forbids. They're football they players. Too much pasta. You know, is there supposed to be an NCAA rep just like standing over their shoulders? Like they're eating, eating. And then all of a sudden the guy's like, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. That's too much. That's too much. Jesus. Like, I wonder how many doing? Big Macs they ate at the white house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, was Trump going to serve them steaks and stuff? And the NCAA was like, no, 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 they deserve Big Macs. That's all they get. It's insane. Yeah. There's other stories like that. Um, another school, they served icing on cookies and that wasn't okay. Oh no, that's insane. <laughs> oh no, what are they gonna do with the icing? Out of control with the icing. We do sugar um, cookies only here. <laughs> <laughs> it, Plain it's sugar like, cookies. Uh, that's what you get. That's all you get. Or the ones with raisins. That's all. That's it. It's like that guy that. You uh, want chocolate chip cookies? Hell no. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> chocolate chips cost extra. 
Damn right. It's like that guy that uh, screwed Joe Exotic over. It's yeah, they're just sitting there in the corner taking notes, reporting it to the NCA. Hey, they got too much icing. Doug, <laughs> do you remember the show Recess? Yes. Yes. yes they're oh, literally snitch. Randall. They're Randall yes. Snitch. That's all they are. <laughs> Uh, some some more great things. You guys remember Monet Davis, that great young pitcher? Oh yeah, yes. So Gino Ariema, the UConn coach, like the goats of women's basketball, he just called her on the phone to congratulate her, and then they they basically like the NCA had a slap on the wrist to UConn for doing that. Like he's not allowed to call her and say good job. That's weird. So that's why UConn hasn't been very good the last few years. I guess <laughs> he just he just wanted to be a decent human being. Oh no! Being a decent I'm surprised they haven't gotten with... on to. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't gotten on to Bill Snyder for writing players of opposing team notes. <laughs> I mean, isn't I that guess a way like, of recruiting? I guess because letters and it's so old school. Maybe they're like, "Oh, this is fine." <laughs> they're like, "Yeah, what is this?" <laughs> You know, I, I've personally, I've been around this my whole life, of course, because my dad's been a coach, but there honestly are, have been some crazy rules, not just the players, but coaches too. Like, I, I remember, um, we've been at dinners and people have been like, Hey, we love to like pay for your dinner. We love to like buy you a bottle of wine. And my dad's like, Hey, that's great. But like, we have to keep it under like $50. Like, if we go over that, then we have to report it. And then like, they could potentially sanction us on that. As a person who How likes alcohol, I can't find a lot of drinks for under $50. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's get the <laughs> shittiest wine we can find. <laughs> so still get can you they drunk. get like, could they get like half of the bottle? If the bottle's $99, could they get half of it one week and the other half the next week? <laughs> <laughs> who knows? There's weird rules like that. There really are. And, and then there's other things. It's like, us coaches families like there's some things that we can do to help players and some things we can't do if they're hungry and want a snack like we can't just give them food like we have to report it well you wouldn't give them food anyway well that's true i only feed myself i gotta get those protein (laughs) and that games (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's just and you can really go down a long list. There's so many crazy things. You could talk about uh, SMU, how their program's never recovered from the death penalty. Like the NCA has just for many years gone. But that over was steroids, though, wasn't it? What? No, that no, was recruiting SMU violations. Was paying players. Oh, that's yeah. right. Okay, who? There was somebody who got in trouble for steroids. That's I don't know. Let's weird. let's move on. It was the Russians. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that really wraps up our rant of the week. The NCA needs to go. We'll probably run a poll sometime this week if anyone agrees with that. I, I assume most people agree because the NCA is whack. But uh, moving on, uh, I think we got Texas Man of the Week. Is that true, Q? Oh, we got Texas Man of the Week for sure. For sure. This is Texas Man of the Week where we read you some crazy thing a Texan citizen did during this week. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you don't say. Is it during this week? Is it during this month? Is it during 2020? Who knows? Like I said, hopefully what is it wasn't during anymore? 2020. <laughs> well, Texas Man of the Week. Here we go. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> All right, a Texas man of the week this week. A man posed as a Beto O'Rourke campaign volunteer in order to break into a house and steal a popsicle. The Austin American Statesman reports that a neighbor questioned James Bradford Gibbon II, 28 years old, when she saw the man loitering on a porch. Gibbon, who was wearing a black Beto t-shirt, replied that he was campaigning for Beto for president. A few minutes later, another woman arrived home to find Gibbon in her kitchen holding the wrapper of a frozen treat he just filched from the, from the freezer. Gibbon, who was charged with burglary, also admitted to rifling through a wallet and attempting to hack an iPad. Golly. <laughs> and that is your Texas Man of the Week. It does get hot in Texas, so the popsicles are necessary. I mean, I, do I blame him? Not really, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what what kind of top popsicles are we talking about? Is it the cheap kind? Is it like a good one? You know, is it you got Neapolitan flavors? What's going on? Here? Yeah, like are, are we talking like those expensive Magnum ones? Or like chocolate wrapped in like caramel with more chocolate? Like those are fire. Shit, I'd still want those too. Probably one of those <laughs> Dollar Tree popsicles. You get like the box of eight for a dollar there. The- oh, it's just like the ones that are completely frozen solid. Yeah. Yeah, and they taste like the wooden spoon they're attached to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can knock out somebody with them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love about oh, this man. that one, he's a Beto supporter and he's from Austin. Like, of course. Of course. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> Naturally. As a person who lives in Austin, this is the most Austin story you could find. Yeah, it really is. Well, it, it could have been more Austin if he, like, you know, was like, number one Beto supporter and he tried to take the guns of the owners too you know that, that would have fallen in line too He's sitting on the porch with uh, the guns disassembling them or trying to disassemble them and messing up he shoots himself in the foot or something <laughs> then he oh man when I was in the army a uh, guy was cleaning a rifle or it was actually it was actually a machine gun the guy was cleaning a machine gun and he forgot to take a firing pin out and he shot a hole through his hat and through the roof and we all got in trouble <laughs> of course. Sorry, I know that was a different. That was a completely left turn there, but I just thought that I'd add that in. It's nice to see our taxpayer, <laughs> our taxpayer dollars are being put to good use. Oh, we're a bunch of idiots. <laughs> <laughs> They're not getting put to good use. Just to let you know that. Well, you you were in the army, so yeah, you would know. Oh, I'm an idiot too. It's okay. Oh, we know. We know. That was my point. <laughs> I mean, there's a reason you're doing Texas Man of the Week because you fit the idiot of the week category. Oh, you you want to hear Texas? You want to hear? You want to hear Quentin's idiot of the week? Go ahead. Let me tell you something that I did. <laughs> <laughs> One time, I got wrapped up in Saran wrap and rolled down a hill. I landed in a fire ant bed and got bit by 300 plus fire ants. I basically went into a coma. Yeah, it sounds par for the course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways, that's Texas Man of the Week and Quentin of the Week. <laughs> Shoot, we might do that too. Might as well. Yeah. We really, sh- we really should do every week. Quentin just tells us a story about his life. <laughs> I have way too many. Yeah. I-, I might have more than Texas Man of the Week. It, it sounds like something Burt Kreischer would do. I mean, he's basically a war veteran, Burt Kreischer. Yeah. Have, have you been to Russia? Have you been involved with the Russian mafia? I wish I would have, man. That would have been amazing. Uh, I am the machine. I am the machine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Back on target topic. What do we got next, Q? 
Yeah, we're moving on into baseball. And so uh, if you've been uh, paying attention to pretty much anything baseball related, the big thing was uh, the brawl that happened in the Astros AIDS game. Um, So we've been uh, waiting on to see something happen like this after uh, the Joe Kelly situation. And now we we saw it in full force. Uh, So what happened was uh, Lariano, he was uh, pegged three times in this series. It was either three or four times, uh, he, but he was hit multiple times in this series. And then jogging to first after uh, saying some words, exchanging words with the pitcher, jogging to first, Astros first or Astros hitting coach uh, started mouthing off to him from the dugout. And then the Astros hitting coach hid behind a bunch of players when Loriano seated to uh, went ahead and charged. Freaking soft. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let me get some, let me give a little more background to this. So. Mike Fires is the guy who basically opened up the can of worms on the Astros, and I believe he's currently playing for the Oakland A's, or they were his team last year. I, I'm pretty sure he's still there, but that's just the background for it. Right, right. And so there's already, already some animosity there, and also the A's and the AL West, and, you know, it's just a lot of people have been really, really giving it to the Astros this year. I mean, deservedly. I mean, it's 2017, you cheat in baseball. It's not a good thing to do. And so the suspensions came down from this, and many people were expecting a, uh, a way too big extension for extension for suspension. <laughs> extension, suspension, <laughs> hey, whatever it is. Yes. Words are hard. Words are hard. Words are Especially hard. Especially four beers <laughs> in. They are, yes. <laughs> people were expecting way too, uh, way too big of a suspension for Loriano. And a, no suspension for uh, Centron, which was which is the Astros hitting coach. Um, <clears throat> well, it looks like Loriano only got six games, and Centron got twenty. And Sheesh. so that's actually a big change of pace for Rob Manfred, who uh, gave Joe Kelly eight games for just throwing at people and not even hitting anybody. And so it looks like uh, it looks like people got to Rob Manfred here to where he's actually taking things a little bit more seriously in this whole situation because especially you can't have a you can't have a coach especially during a pandemic in ball where you're not supposed to be in contact with anybody uh starting things with a player and starting fights you just can't have that it's ridiculous yeah you have to make an example out of the coach in this situation like i think here it should have been more than 20 yeah for real i think in the in uh this scenario uh it's about more than just the astros because you don't want people touching anyone, so you you need to make the coaches understand that they just need to s- stick to themselves, and if they're going to say something, just mumble it where no one can hear it under their breath. Like, I'm a professional at that. Oh, we know. We know. <laughs> we know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, so that's, that's pretty crazy. Um, another crazy thing is that MLB is proposing a bubble idea for the playoffs this year. Let's go. Oh, so I was time. actually wanting to know. Yeah, yeah, right. The Arlington they, bubble they took the them bubble long enough. Shoot. Yeah, exactly. I think it's uh, personally. I think it's a great idea. I don't know how this is going to work, especially if you have cases going into the bubble. But it gives me a lot more hope that uh, that the season's actually going to be completed. Yeah, uh, I would assume that the bubble would probably be in like an an indoor stadium. Uh, naturally, as a Rangers fan, I'm going to say it's going to happen in Arlington since this is the newest stadium in baseball. It would 
just makes sense, I think. But, you know, there's not really really that many hotels around, so it, it could happen elsewhere. Yeah, it's just kind of a it's kind of a tough situation, but I I yeah, they are they are discussing um, moving it to like a centralized location and having everybody play in one spot for for the bubble playoffs, which is a good idea. I mean, worst case scenario, you look at this and say you got some COVID cases going into the playoffs and they're on playoffs teams, well, what you could do is put a two-week pause on the season. But then everybody's in a bubble, then everybody's fine and you can actually finish out the season. Yeah, but the problem in the problem with that is that uh, you're going to put a two-week pause on the season. So you have baseball is all about momentum. So you're going to have a team that's probably red hot going into the playoffs, and it's just going to come to a scor- uh, screeching halt. So you can have a player like on a 20-game hitting streak. The ball looks, uh, the pitches look like a beach ball going into him uh, when they're being thrown to him, and he's going to be taken out of that rhythm for probably 14 to I'd say 17 days. So it's going to be weird. It's going to mess up their timing and stuff. It will. It will. And if that, if, if this is just a uh, idea of what could happen, you know, but I mean, if that's the case, everybody's on the same level, you know, there isn't, there isn't some player that's, that's going through this and some player this isn't, I mean, is is everybody going through the same situation. So it's still fair ground. And so yeah. that's that's the only way where I'm like I'm like yeah I can see it I'm I'd rather see baseball happen than no baseball happen you know if you come in and you're all under the same circumstances there's no asterisks to me so yeah that's true but it's also going to mess up like it's more than likely if a team like uh, the Royals when they made it to the World Series that first year before they won it oh for sure it's for gonna sure. it would ruin a team like that from happening it's gonna give a sharp advantage I would think to like the Dodgers and Yankees. It absolutely will. And that's, that's something that you want to try to avoid, obviously. So you can't have something that happens onto my next point. Uh, since we aren't doing idiot of the week this week, <laughs> Mike freaking Clevenger, <laughs> Mike sunshine Clevenger. Oh man, this guy is ridiculously dumb. <laughs> so he is, uh, on record of basically being one of these people <clears throat> that have been open, like basically he hasn't kept his mouth shut, right? About about playing, about wanting to play in COVID, hasn't sh- kept his mouth shut about the Astros and cheating and not taking the game seriously, all these kinds of things, right? And talking about he's, he's gone on record with speeches about responsibility and personal responsibility. Well, this dude went out with Zach Plezak. Breaking yeah. all the par- all the protocols, <clears throat> and uh, Plezak was caught. Clevenger wasn't caught. He didn't tell anybody, and then he flew back with the team. Now he's they took the appropriate protocols the Indians have, and they put him in quarantine. But uh, but especially with what the Cardinals did, and they're only they've only played five games so far, and now the Pittsburgh series that was supposed to happen this weekend just got uh just got postponed too. And I mean, you would think that the Cardinals and Marlins already gave you a good example of what not to do. And you go out and do this. I, there, there needs to be some suspensions. I, I think that he deserves to get in trouble here. It's, it's insane that he's not at this point yet. I mean, two week quarantine isn't enough for him to miss. He, you can't just voluntarily go break protocols like this. So what about uh, he's suspended for two weeks without pay? I would be in definitely in agreement with that. 
I mean, I, if you're one of the people that's that's one of the main leaders in trying to get baseball back, I mean, you saw him on Twitter. I mean, the guy's been all over Twitter nonstop, and he's he goes out and he does this, and it's just that is the most asinine thing I've seen in a long time. Yeah, you know, I I now that I think about it more, I think that's a fair way for the MLB and teams to handle this. You just, if a player gets caught outside of what they're supposed to be doing. You suspend the guy two weeks without pay and poss- potentially more if he goes, like if Clevenger infects uh, other teammates and stuff, you could su- suspend him more without pay if you want. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I agree. We need to start doing, they need to start doing something. Manfred needs to start putting down some punishments. I mean, especially when somebody blatantly, blatantly ignores all the protocols like that. It's just, it's insane that you would let somebody just get away with this. It's ridiculous. And then he flies back on a plane where his his fellow pitcher and his pitching staff, or his, his fellow uh, fellow player, uh, Carlos Carrasco, uh, just just got over cancer. Yeah. I mean, how do you how can you sit there and and do that and do it with a straight face? That's just that's insane to me. Yeah. What do you think of this, Tyler? Yeah, this is just such a terrible situation. Like, why do I keep hearing stories of guys just not caring and doing stupid stuff? Like, I feel like every week we have a new story of guys just being idiots. What's then, crazy to me is that the Indians are a good team too. What was that? The, what's crazy to me is that the Indians are a good team too. Yeah, and I guess he doesn't care. He's willing to risk it. Yeah, he, yeah. It's just selfishness. It really is. It really is. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. Uh huh. And so, but yeah, I mean, that's that's that, and um, hopefully, no Indians players got got COVID because of him or anything like that. And hopefully, we don't have any more issues with the season. I mean, because we are actually starting to see like a little bit of a dip in that in the COVID news, other than the Cardinals. And we're um, back, just like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Long. Exactly. They were Rob Manfred thought he escaped a little bit. Now, now, <laughs> Sunshine no. Club, he's getting a little bit of hot seat. Yeah, One for sure. Mm-hmm. But let's get on to some good baseball news. How about that? You ready for that, guys? Sure. Yep. Yeah. How about <laughs> Cody? Sure. So much enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's get. That's that's what I'm known for. My enthusiasm. Let's get one big enthusiastic shirt from Cody. Come on. Sure. <laughs> Boo. Get All off right. the podcast. All right. I'm going to head out. <laughs> Just like you and a Cespedes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, no, what I was going to say, what about uh, what about Charlie Blackman right now? This dude is 484 on the season right now. He's batting 484. That's the best average through the first 16 games since Barry Bonds in 2004 with a 525 average. Sheesh. Yeah, yeah. He's, been, he's been destroying the ball. And again, that brings me back to what I was saying a little while ago with a 14-day layoff. It'd probably mess him up too. I mean, he's a great player. It may not mess him up that much, but it's still going to have a little bit of an effect on him. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean... Even if he if he is four hundred, even in a sixty game season, that's still incredibly impressive, though. Oh yeah, that's insane if you can do that. There's not many players that's that have done that 
even then, like even in 60 games, that's, that's yeah. one of the most difficult things to do. I mean, it's the, you can't, you can't, <laughs> you can't stop the guy. I mean, I know he plays in Coors Field and I know that that gives him a lot of advantages, but man, in my opinion, he's been constantly a top five to 10 baseball player and just, he's been so underrated. He gets kind of the same treatment that Nolan Arenado gets by playing in Colorado and it's just disrespect because of the stadium. And I mean, they're still putting yeah. good numbers outside the stadium. It doesn't matter where they're playing. They're good ba- baseball players, no matter what. Yeah. If you're hitting over 400, uh, it's more than likely not just your stadium that's helping you. Oh, for sure, dude. That that guy puts that ball, puts the ball in play every time I've ever seen him play. The Rockies, yeah. the Rockies are a surprising team to me. Actually, they're actually not surprising considering that lineup. They, uh, I mean, they they're leading their division right now, eleven uh, eleven wins to five losses, and uh, that honestly puts them second in the uh, in the NL next to the Cubs, who are eleven and three, and which is crazy this year. I mean, they, I mean, they're on pace to make a run at things, especially with, with the way the season is. And I mean, we, you don't really talk about playoffs this early in regular baseball, but considering it's a 60 game season and what we only have like 40 some odd games left. It's uh, it's definitely time to start talking at least, at least putting a little bit on it, you know? And so, I mean, you look at the, you look at the NL and you see the Rockies here, they're leading their division, and it's it's crazy year because the playoffs are so different that the top two teams in each division make the playoffs, and then there's two wild card teams. And so you're gonna see some weird teams that are gonna make the playoffs. Like the Astros and the Rangers, for example, are are both both have losing records right now, and they're in battle for second place in the AL West. And if one of them has a losing record, they're still gonna get a playoff spot over somebody else that that doesn't have a that doesn't have a losing record that would have a winning record, you know? And so it's pretty crazy to think that, but that's just the way things are going this year. And, and it's just going to be, have, have to be, so be it, you know, that's the way baseball go. That is the way baseball <laughs> go. But, uh, let's talk about that central division for a second. That division is horrible. I just want to rant about how bad it is for, for a minute. Like you have, I think three teams or two teams that lost a hundred games last year and then a bunch of garbage teams mixed in too you talking about al central just no just the baseball well yeah the al central's horrible but just the central in general because pittsburgh is three and 13 yeah (laughs) (laughs) they'd be on a hundred loss pace yeah you got the royals at seven and eleven the white Sox are actually looking decent this year they just uh they're just a young team they're once they put it all together though they're gonna be scary but i don't think it's gonna be this year yeah, Detroit's been surprisingly good at nine and six. I don't think they keep that up. <laughs> oh no, no. <laughs> I definitely don't think they keep that up. And then on the other on the NL side, you got Pirates. Or you just covered them, and you got Brewers seven and eight. I mean, arguably, right now the AL West is a little bit worse than both of those because you got the Athletics at twelve and five, which are leading the entire the entire uh, AL. And then you got all losing teams. <laughs> well, I I think the uh, just the West in general is much tougher than the Central because the West the West has so many teams that are like around the five hundred level, ex- except for like San Francisco and Seattle. But I I think outside of those two teams, I could see any combination of those eight teams making it to the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. I mean, even if you run through like the Angels, they have they have Otani, they have Trout, they have uh, Rendon, they have Pujols, you know, 
I mean, yeah, yeah they, have, they have a good batting lineup. They, they just, just had no pitching. Get any pitching? And so yeah. yeah, I mean, you can run through any of these teams in in the West, and you're gonna hit some. You're gonna hit some heavy hitters. I mean, Gallo with the Rangers, Springer. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna say Altuve right now for the year he's having. Correa though. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Correa's been on fire. And the A's are just an all around, just like complete team. Um, so it's yeah, it's been crazy. I mean, nine of their last ten. Yeah, uh, so good battles to watch are going to be definitely uh, definitely in AL West to get second place there because uh, as we're speaking right now, it looks like looks like the Astros and the Rangers are going to win tonight. And so we're recording this on August 11th. Just let everybody know. Um, <clears throat> and so that would actually keep the Astros in that second in that second playoff spot. The Rangers held it until yesterday when uh, Lance McCullers went into a seven game or seven seven inning no hitter no hit bid. And so another big one to watch is going to be the Tigers and the Indians and the White Sox. They're all neck and neck right now with the with the Twins up 11-7 in the in the division. And then looks like the Yankees and the Rays may run away with that cuz I don't think the Orioles are going to hold up and I don't I don't really buy the yeah. Blue Jays this year. I can see the Red Sox maybe maybe doing something uh potentially a trade for someone or if that rotation though, hard. man. That rotation is so bad. That's yeah. The re- they may just need to rebuild. Yeah, I, just I, do a, do a yeah. quick little rebuild. It is, it is no the Red Sox, so they can go out and that. buy anybody. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, you got the Marlins in the East and the Braves. <laughs> Marlins are number one. They are. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. We'll see how long that lasts. But uh, you yeah. got the Cubs off to a hot start, and then uh, the Reds. The Reds were my surprise team this year. That were. My surprise, not so surprised, because a lot of people were buying into them. But yeah. uh, they're eight and nine. I mean, they're not too far out of anything right now. They're in a playoff spot because of the playoff format. And then the the NL West is just loaded right now. The Rockies, Dodgers, Padres. I mean, even the Diamondbacks even the are a solid are team. And yeah. yeah, the Giants. The Giants are even holding their own right now. And so it's it's uh-huh. it's a stacked division. It's just to keep an yeah. eye on, you know. And so. I think the Mets are about to free fall though, because Stroman backed out of the season. I think yesterday on Monday. Yeah, I believe it was Monday, and Stroman basically pulled a Cespedes and said, "I'm out of here." Yeah, he didn't even he I'm didn't pitch an inning this year, which is crazy. But uh, that that has he to got be, that service time and left. Yeah, he got that service time and left. Which you know, I don't blame him with the way that MLB players are treated with their with their service times. I don't really. I don't really blame anybody for trying to take advantage of that. I mean, MLB teams constantly take advantage of uh, of their young players oh, like by by Chris making them hold them down. Yeah, Chris Bryant's a prime example of that. They hold them down for way too long, and then they get an extra year of control out of them, and it's just stealing years of their prime. And it's just not right. it's not a good thing for them. Let's finish up baseball real quick. I I just want your prediction for the winners of each division, and I'll, you give yours, and then I'll give mine. Well, I was gonna touch on uh, I was gonna touch on some Rangers and Astros updates real quick too. Oh, okay. Go ahead, and then we'll wrap up with the predictions. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you some predictions here in a second. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so some Rangers news. Uh, the Rangers also. Well, the Rangers and Astros are in the race for that second place, and so you got some different different dynamics coming here because. Uh, <clears throat> because the Rangers are a young team looking to compete again, and the Astros are a team that's supposed to be in World Series contention. And so the Rangers, some big things coming up is uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa is turning into a 
super stud guy. He is he is he's becoming an awesome player. His glove is just phenomenal. And I think eventually he takes over for Elvis at shortstop. I mean, he's hitting in the three hundreds. He's fielding everything. He's making web gym play after web gym play, and it's just amazing. Uh, Gallo, that'd be a nice part of their core. Oh, it absolutely will. And so, I really think that this that this young core is is something to look at here. I mean, and let me touch on Gallo they real just quick get because pitching. yeah, well, yeah, that's for sure because the pitching outside of Lance Lynn has not been great this year. I mean, Lance Lynn has allowed three runs through twenty three innings. And he has a 116 ERA, and Mike Miner, although he's had a good he had a good outing tonight. I mean, his velocity's been down. He ha- hasn't been the same pitcher as he was last year, where he was in Cy Young contention most of the season. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, if you look at other players around the team, though, like Gallo, I mean, Gallo is just he he is what he is, and I don't know. I mean, his average has dipped a little bit from what from that hot start he got after even not even having as much time to practice before the other players. Um, but I mean, he's still throughout his career. This is a stat I found, which I love. Uh, Gallo is, has the third highest at bats per home run, uh, behind he has 12, 12 at bats per home run through his career. And, and that's, that's right behind Babe Ruth and Mark McGuire. Uh, that's some good company. <laughs> that is some great company. And I'm like, uh, I, I love Gallo. I just want, love watching him crash bombs. And now he, 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 he's developed into a player that, that can, basically be your premier player you know um yeah and another thing i wanted to touch on real quick about the rangers before i move on to the astros is odor needs to be benched <laughs> yeah it's time it's time to cut ties it absolutely is uh i mean they, they, they owe sound, him so much money though they do uh I'm, it's not god awful contract but it's still a lot for a guy who has a negative 0.4 war and batting 128 and 40 at bats <laughs> yeah, they did I, sign Dan think, Dietrich, and I do think that I do predict by the end of this week he's probably going to be your starting second baseman. That wouldn't be surprising. Or when Danny Santana, well, maybe until Danny Santana comes back, then you can move Santana or Solak over to second and roll from there. Absolutely. Let me uh, run through the Astros real quick. Um, so obviously the Astros are going to miss their hitting coach for twenty straight games. Um, well, he hasn't helped him much. No, he didn't help him much, uh, especially <laughs> with the way Altuve has continued to struggle. He's batting one. Yeah. He's batting one thirty eight with seventeen Ks and sixteen games played. I guess it's now seventeen games played uh, with a minus point oh two WAR, and his glove hasn't looked good either. Um, if you could see the drop fly ball and miss ground ball that were trending on Twitter. <laughs> um, I would still take him every day over Rugnet Odor. Ah, uh, 1,000%. 1,000%. I mean, I just – I you could see the frustration in Altuve and the dude has just let it get to his head and it's not looking pretty right now. I do think that eventually he'll turn it around, but it's not looking good. Slamming his helmet down. He's just angry after every, every at-bat. Um, another thing I want to touch on is Lance McCuller is looking really, really good, taking a no-no into the seventh. Um, I mean, the Astros bullpen still still allowed four runs, <laughs> but yeah. but he did take a no no hitter into a seventh into the seventh after a terrible outing. The outing before, really good for their for their rotation, and they really really need him to step up if they're going to be if they're going to be a contender this year. I mean, other than Altuve, the rest of the team has really picked it up, especially with Correa, who's up to a three forty nine or three forty five batting average with already a WAR at point nine. And there's a couple of no- notable guys I really wanted to hit on that are looking really, really good. Uh, that are already above a point one or above a full one WAR. 
And that's uh, Tatis Jr., Lance Lynn, uh, Yastrzemski, uh, Charlie Blackman, and Aaron Judge. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's about all we have for baseball. Other than let me uh, let me go ahead and do my predictions real quick. You want you want me to run through that? Yeah, let's just first place for uh, you. We'll start with the AL uh, AL East and just go through the AL and then NL East and go through the NL. You give yours, I'll give mine. All right. Well, since John Carlos Stanton just got hurt. And that's a that's about a two to four week blow for the Yankees lineup. Um, <clears throat> I'm actually going to predict, predict that the Rays take the East, and then I got the uh, Twins in the Central, the A's in the West, and then I will take the Braves in the NL East. Um, I will take the Cubs. I'll go ahead and take the Cubs right now, and then I got the Dodgers in the West. Yeah, I I agree with most of those for the, the most part. I'm still going to go with the Yankees in the East. I think they'll pull it off because, you know, they can go out and trade for whoever if they need to and all that. I, I think the Yankees will take care of business there. I'll go with the Twins in the Central, A's in the West, then jump into the National League, uh, the Braves. Yeah, they're one of those teams we, we don't really talk about enough. They're, mm-hmm. they're a really good team even though they lost Soroka. Uh, I could potentially – my friend Edgar and I talked about them potentially making a deal with the Rangers if the Rangers drop out of playoff contention for minor Lance Lynn. So I could see that happening. Yeah. Uh, I think the Cubs, they're, the position they're in now, they're probably going to get the NL Central. Probably wouldn't have picked them at the beginning of the season. but at this I wouldn't point, have either. Yeah. At, at this point, it looks like they're going to take care of that division. And then in the West, the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers will eventually – start to pull away oh for sure they have so much talent on that team you just can't yeah but uh yeah i'm gonna leave baseball here um i'm gonna leave you with one thing to watch for the rest of this week and that's kyle lewis for the mariners he is turning into a hell of a player uh he already has a 0.9 war on the season and he has a 373 average and he's just uh it looks like they struck gold in him so keep an eye out for him and that's about it for baseball jumping over to the (laughs) nba the uh nba announced on or earlier this week that they're going to do an all bubble team with the best players from the bubble and I believe an MVP award for the best player from the bubble uh, and then we're going to talk about potential Maverick uh, the potential Mavericks playoff matchup the potential Rockets ma- matchup and our picks for the players of the year and how the uh, Western Conference 8th through 8th and ninth play-in games is starting to sort out as the season winds down. So let's talk about the NBA All-Bubble team first. Uh, did, y'all, did y'all get around to cre- doing your team? Yeah, I looked at the stats for sure. I know exactly who the first per- person I'm picking. It's definitely Dame time. I got Dame Lillard on that All-Team for sure. Heck yeah. I think he, he dropped, what, 61 tonight against the Mavs? Oh, he went I guess. off. He is playing like an angry man. It's it's almost like Patrick Beverly and all those guys are just the fuel to the fire, and he's just going off now. He's gonna oh. make those guys regret clowning him. Yeah, and you, I watched it. I watched the end of the game. So whenever I watch a Maverick game, they lose, and for some reason, I turned it on. Uh, I watched him walk off the court after the game. He had a scowl on his face. He he's a he was angry zest right now. Yeah, he he's on a mission. 
I don't know if his cast can help him get to face the Clippers, but the Clippers are in trouble if they play him. Yeah, absolutely. You know what this reminds me of? He's going like full MJ. You know, I'm I'm taking this personally. You know, remember that picture? Oh yeah, he he is not a very happy man right now. Mm-mm, not one bit. I Who you got? Oh. Uh, so for my first guard, I also have Damian Lillard. Why? Coming into the game uh, where he dropped 61, he was already averaging 33. That number is probably going to jump up to like 37. And he was averaging nine and a half assists a game too. Sheesh. Who else you got? Uh, My second guard, I have Devin Booker. I had to put in a guy from the Suns because the Suns are undefeated so far in Orlando. And you just had to keep... I just had to put Booker. He's averaging 31.7 and six and a half assists. Uh, I don't know what if those numbers have been updated since their seventh game, though. Who do you have for your second guard? Yeah, so I had um, – it's kind of tough for me. James Harden has been playing really well, but I think the book show, he's been fantastic. And he he's doing it with a worse team by far. And – I think there's seven and zero right now in the bubble, which is insane. He's been going yeah, off. They are. He's been shooting really well. Uh, like you said, thirty one point seven. Um, let's see what else we he's got shooting fifty one percent from the field. Like that's, that's so damn impressive. I totally agree with what Draymond was saying. Like if Booker was on a better team, like he'd be nominated as MB, MVP right now, and he'd be playing for a championship. Like it's. If he wasn't on the Suns, things would be so much better for but him. The Suns sure. are seven at seven and zero. Oh. They lost Aiton for forty one games because of that weird PED suspension. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's reality though. Like they're not that good. Obviously, yeah, they they need a couple more pieces. Uh, I mean, to get to the point where they want to be. The the top teams in the West and the East have been playing like trash. The Lakers have been garbage. Like, oh yeah. It's the bubble situation has been very weird right now. Like a lot of the bottom teams are playing really well, probably probably because um, it matters a lot more to them, obviously. Yeah, and like, the top seeds are underplaying, of course. the The way the Lakers have been playing, I could see Damian Lillard taking the. I don't know if he beat them, but I could see him giving them a lot of issues. Yeah, he's definitely gonna like give them a lot of problems, and that's gonna carry over to the next round for them. They're my they're team, gonna be exhausting. My team is uh, Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard, Dame Lillard, and Luca. Positionless basketball. Oh, I thought you were gonna go all five Dame Lillard, <laughs> so I could finish that Chappelle joke. Dylan, 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 and Dylan. I spit hot fire. Shoots hot fire. <laughs> what about Lonzo? Well, no, he, you were talking about bookshelf. <laughs> can, can, hold on a sec. Can we, can, we spend a sec can we spend a minute just to point out how wrong Cody was with the Lonzo prediction? <laughs> Golly. You, you said he was going to make it tough for the Lakers. First of all, Pelicans are out. And yeah, Lonzo he had to get to the trash. Lakers. Yeah, that was, that was pretty what? bad, Cody. Hey, he's the GOAT. <laughs> Worst hot take, worst hot hot take than Stephen A. or Skip Bayless right there. I don't know. Well, Damian Lillard's you know, on a full on uh, prove you wrong Skip Bayless tour. So yeah, seriously. and he didn't get to he didn't get to play the Lakers. So technically, my hot take isn't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he he uh. shot his he helped me make 
my hot take not happen by shooting the Pelicans out of play- the playoff contention with that easy schedule. Can we talk about for a second just J.J. Reddick's 13-season streak coming to an end because of those scrubs on the Pelicans? R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> J.J. He, he literally dropped, what, 32 in the final game? He did all he could. Pull up and all shoot like J.J. Reddick. It's unbelievable. Like, come uh, on. Zion's supposed to be rookie of the year. What is he doing? Playing like trash. Golly. Well, he's only playing 20 minutes a game. Yeah, part of it is their coach is absolute trash, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just uh, Rez Zion. Nobody wants so to see who, that. Who do you have for your first forward? Um, First forward, I got... I'm going to put TJ Warren for right now. It, it, this isn't really an order, but he's one of my forwards. He's been fantastic. Shooting 58% from the field, uh, 52% from three. He's just been a breakout star during this bubble. I, I hope he had a bad last game. I hope this is like reality. Like this is him consistently going forward because if that's the case, the Pacers are dangerous. They really are. Oh yeah. With Oladipo and Sab- Sabonis to go with Warren. I, that's a great trio. Yeah. And, and the, cr- the crazy thing is uh miles Turner is not playing well at all right now. You got him playing yeah. well too. Whew. That's going to be tough. Yeah. I have uh, TJ Warren as one of my forwards, too. 31 and 6 is absurd. Yeah, where did this come from, honestly? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Out of thin air. Yeah, they better have him pee in a cup. (laughs) (laughs) For real. Yeah. For real. I put Uh, my pee in a cup. My pee in a cup. Put my pee in a cup. Who do you have as your other forward? Sorry, y'all can cut that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're keeping no, that. We're keeping it. Uh, other forward. Um, yeah, this is a tough one. I, I was those first three spots for me are like no brainers, but now it's just like, hmm, who do I got for that? I uh, think this, this one was a no brainer. Uh, actually, you're, I'm gonna surprise you. I think I'd go KP, Kristaps, Porzingis. He's Ooh. been very good, very good for the Mavericks. That's all so, I say on that. I don't have Porzingis as my forward. I have him as my center, but I have him in a I have him in a tie with Giannis. Uh, KP coming into the game against uh, the Blazers, he was averaging twenty nine point four and ten point two boards, and he's a menace on the in the paint on defense. Uh, He's been a great plug for the Mavs. Uh, but I you can't go wrong with Giannis either. He's averaging 31 and 12.8 boards. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I'd have Giannis probably for that last spot with um, Michael Porter Jr. as like a six-man or whatever. Oh, a yeah. Notable honorable honoree. Mention. Yeah, yeah, honorable mention. Um, and Giannis, Giannis, whatever. Giannis has been really good. I think he's still not playing to the level that he can play, though. Oh, yeah. They they lock that one seat up, and he's just like, I, I'm going to take it easy and shoot some threes. Yeah, and he's hitting them, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, Porter Jr. has been terrific. All he needed was playing time. Yeah, that's all I need is just to recover and just kind of get that rhythm, Yeah, which comes yeah. from playing time, of course. All I need is but playing he, time. 
<laughs> okay, Uncle Rico. <laughs> Back in my day, I used to be able to throw a football a quarter mile. Coach would have put me in we one state. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should play for the Pelicans. Damn Maybe right. I needed. Be better than uh, Lonzo. Seriously. Anyone's better than Lonzo. Shoot. I could have granny so, shot that shot better than Lonzo. Hey, put Jack and Moon in there. For real. For real. Everybody <laughs> love everybody. Damn, hepatitis. <laughs> Damn, we got so many uh, references this episode. For real. And, and I doubt anyone's going to get them, which is unfortunate. Hopefully some people get them. Yeah. Some uh, not. The last player I had on my all bubble team, I, uh, I bet you can guess this. It's going to be Luca. 33.4 points, 11.6 assists, and 11.6 rebounds. He He's probably been the best all-around player in the bubble, statistically speaking. Uh, I don't know about that. Okay, coming, coming into tonight's game... Uh, before Lillard went yeah. off, I was about to say he didn't drop sixty-one. That didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and give Lillard that uh, MVP for the bubble. Yeah, for sure. Like that's no brainer. You name this. I, I uh, would say roll it back real quick. Um, I would say Luca has been the most consistent player in the bubble for sure. Yeah, he he's been excellent in the bubble. I think he's pretty bad in the tonight's game against the uh, Blazers, but outside of that, he's been terrific. Yeah, we'll, we'll just act like we kind of recorded before then, you know? We didn't know about that. We only saw Damian yeah. Lillard's stats. We didn't well, see his. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the stats we have are from before today's game, so just in case y'all didn't know or didn't realize it by now. Yeah, just ignore all the times we said Damian dropped 61. That was just a prediction, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> We're just Notre Dame. It was cooked up in our like uh, stat lab over here at Texas Three Step. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would say that Luca probably be in the top three for MVP bubble in the bubble. You'd say Luca's top three and uh, would be top three in MVP voting for the bubble. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it'd be Dame. You didn't of have him on your team though. Yeah, on your all bubble team because my two guards were Damian and Devin Booker, and I have He's, them one two for Emmy MVP. You can put him at forward. I mean, I could, but he's kind of a point forward. It's kind of confusing, man. Uh, what put, are even I positions anymore? Because, I know. I, I we I got think, Bull Bull out here jacking up threes. Like, what what is a center anymore? What's a point guard? Who knows? Bull is so great at two K. Uh, let's talk about the NBA regular season awards that are from the entire season and not just the bubble. Uh, who do you have for your MVP, Tyler? So were the three nom- nominations? I saw two of them. I didn't see the third. Uh, it was Giannis, Harden, and I think it was, it was LeBron, LeBron, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's probably between LeBron or Giannis. I could make an argument either way. I, yeah, I'm, I'm impartial. I I'm more of a LeBron fan, so I'm going to say LeBron on this. Um, he's he's gotten the Lakers to where they need to be, and yeah, having them be Anthony the, Davis has and Anthony Davis, but <laughs> the, those two dragging those old that old veteran squad to number one seed that's pretty impressive. Giannis is kind of basically the same that he was last year. Like I don't think he's 
I don't know what he was the MVP are, last year. So yeah, but LeBron is better than he was last year. LeBron's had a great season. I think Giannis yeah. has done exactly the same as last year. So well, yeah, I, I'd take a my former. <laughs> I'd take my MVP to have a MVP stats every year. That'd be nice. Yeah, absolutely. But do you reward him for the same stats the next year? Or does he need to improve? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, Let me see. So right now, Giannis is averaging 29.8 a game, and LeBron is averaging 25.5. What about AD? uh, For points. Yeah, why isn't AD considered a miss? I don't know. He's probably, I would say, like top five to seven range. I guess that's uh, fair. He's tenth in the NBA in points per game at twenty six point one, ahead of LeBron. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Interesting. But Shout interesting. out. Interesting. There we go. We we got that in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, LeBron's leading the NBA in assists, ten point three. Uh, Giannis is going to be down there, but Giannis is third in the NBA in rebounds at thirteen point seven. Uh, I, I, mean, I do he think is it's six eleven. That's not impressive. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> true. Uh, I, I don't think you can go wrong with I, either of them, though. I think I have Giannis, but just like barely. Giannis doesn't really have. Giannis doesn't have a second guy with him like Anthony Davis that he can give the ball to and stuff. Yeah, I think that's a good argument, honestly. Again, you can make an argument for both. I think the fact that LeBron has significantly more assists and he's just bringing more to his team than Giannis is. Well, he's going to have more more assists because he play kind of plays point guard sometimes for the Lakers and he has better he has Anthony Davis on his team. Giannis, I mean, Giannis dominates the ball just as much, though. He's just yeah. he's putting his head down. He's not really looking to pass. Yeah, but I, I don't blame him. No one's he, he doesn't him. have an Anthony Davis though. Why would you pass best. when you're a scorer? That's true. Exactly. Well, he does have a lot of good role players though. Hey, I don't need so no role players. Give me, <laughs> give me Giannis's skills, man. I'm a freaking. I'm gonna be a ball hog galore. For real, <laughs> I'll be worse than Melo. Who do you have for MVP? Who do I have for MVP? Yeah. Oh, Giannis for sure. Uh, I give him that. He said James Harden. I swear. Oh, I give him that <laughs> off his podcast. We, yeah, we would have kicked. We would have kicked him off the show. And <laughs> someone else to replace him. No, don't get me wrong. James Harden has had a pretty good season, but no, not MVP. Here's the thing: no. I will never give James Harden MVP because I seen the chin that comes underneath that beard. <laughs> Is that? Uh, I, I don't want to ask questions about that. <laughs> no, you don't. Let, let's let's just, move on to the next category. <laughs> yeah, let's move on to most improved player. Who do you have for that? I think this is probably going to be unanimous. Yeah. What are the three nominees, just so everyone knows? Is uh, Brandon Ingram, Luka Doncic, and I forgot the third guy. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's it's Brandon Ingram for sure. Yep. I Good. think you say Luca. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I wanted to make a case for Luca, but Brandon Ingram has just jump gotten so much better that I can't do it as much as I want to. But if you'll allow me he, to make a case for Luca, I think okay, it's harder to become. Uh, I think it's harder to go from good to really from really good to great than it is become from like average to really really good. 
I agree with that. That was that would be the argument I would make for Luca. But now, if you're really going off the the essence of the word, like most improved, then it's then it's not Luca, obviously, because he's not the most improved. But it's harder. I, I would say that's the harder step to take, arguably. Yeah, I think yeah, it's harder fair. to go from rookie of the year to an MVP candidate than it is to just go from a mediocre player to I think he was an all, Ingram was an All Star reserve guy. I think it's much harder to make it make it that jump to the MVP content uh, contention. Right. But yeah. no, I agree with both of you. I, I do. I'm just I'm just trying to play the ladder there. Yeah, you gotcha. No, we appreciate that. What's uh, the next rookie of the year rookie of the year should be I'm not even gonna name the candidates. It's John Morant. If it goes to Zion, I swear I <laughs> Let me not say anything stupid, but <laughs> if it was up to if, ESPN, it would be. If it was up to oh, ESPN, yeah. it would be Zion, which is ridiculous. Jaw has been fantastic as a rookie point guard. He's he's distributed a lot better than I thought he would. Like his passing ability is fantastic in the NBA, and that's translated. He's also done a really good job scoring, of course. He's just great on two K. He's great on two K. <laughs> Who is the third guy on that list? You remember? Uh, um, maybe that that guy from I think Brandon Clark from Memphis, possibly. I, I don't know. I didn't really look at the list. It's actually Cody Smith. Heck yeah! I believe it. <laughs> but yeah, it, I, sc- it, it I scored it four points on JV. <laughs> How about that? Again, they need to retire your jersey at your high school. I don't know why they haven't yet. Would I would I go to the ceremony? Probably not, but Yeah. You're too big for that. <laughs> it's expected. But um getting back to the rookie of the year, it, it just shows since we barely even we don't even know who the third person is, like Zion and Jaw are gonna be superstars for a long time. They're so much farther ahead of any other rookie in the league. Yeah, so the other guy, I don't think I've ever even heard of him. His name is, oh, I've heard of him, Kendrick Nunn. Oh, yeah, Kendrick Nunn's a solid player. He's just, he's not on their level. Hey, I'm yeah, close. Kendrick Nunn I think takes Brandon, you to church. <laughs> I think yeah, Brandon freaking, Clark would have been a better option at, as the third guy, even though they're not going to win. Z- yeah. Zion, Zion being a finalist is a joke, though. I mean, it was guaranteed no matter what. He didn't even have to. Like before he even played a play in the NBA, it was guaranteed he was gonna be nominated yeah. at least. They wanted to give it to him so bad. It's just it shows how it, stupid some of these awards are. It's so rigged. Yeah. Um, what's the next category? So uh let's talk about the Texas teams and their potential playoff. Oh, no games. defensive player of the year? Golly. Nah, I forgot about that one. Let, <laughs> just like just like most people. <laughs> yeah, let, let me pull it up. It's not James Harden. How about we say that? Yeah, it's, it's definitely not going to be James Harden. I think it's like three uh, big men. I think it's Giannis. It's Anthony uh, Davis. Anthony Davis. One. Uh, Giannis and Rudy Gobert. Oh, Rudy so Gobert. Rudy Gobert. He shut down the entire NBA. He yeah. did. So he so won. There we go. Be him. There we go. We're <laughs> yeah. done. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're all we are all in agreement on that. So uh let's jump to playoff scenarios. Uh right 
right now, I think it's pretty locked that the Mavericks are going to play the Clippers in the first round. Uh, I think them losing today uh, sealed it. So uh, they sh- they'll probably lose in like five games because the Clip any other team in the playoffs, I could see them taking the six or seven games or potentially even beating even the Lakers. But the Clippers are just like – the Clippers are matched up with them perfectly with their style. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. Uh, and then for the Rockets, uh, they're still kind of up in the air. Uh, they could fall to the number – there's, there's a chance they could fall to the number six seed since they have two games left. Uh, they've already clinched the division. Uh, there's also a chance they could jump up to the third seed if they win their next two games and Denver loses. Uh, so they could play anyone from – they could play Oklahoma City or Utah in the first round. Oklahoma then, City or Utah. Let, let's talk about that real quick. I think hmm, – what, what team would you rather not play if you're the Rockets? I'd probably rather not play Utah just because playoff Chris Paul, he may get broken again. Yeah, that's probably more than likely. I think, yeah, the Jazz just – they have more weapons too. Yeah. Sure. Like, like Donovan Mitchell, going up against him would worry me more than going up against Danilo uh, Gallinari. Or however you say his first name. No, I think you nailed it. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Thank I you. give you props on that. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. The the Jazz though they've struggled in these few games in the bubble, but I, I've seen a change from the regular season. Now they're trying to feed it more to Rudy Gobert, and I think that's a problem for Houston with that small ball. Oh yeah, Houston would be a. Houston and Utah may be a matchup like the Mavs and Clippers would be. Like I, I don't know if Houston would be able to mess with Utah enough, but then again, Utah doesn't have the scoring to keep up with Houston. Yeah, so really whoever dominates whatever they're best at will end up winning yeah, the series. I would, so really, well, if James Harden and Russ, it kind of comes down to if James Harden and Russ are shooting the ball well, more than likely the Rockets will win. Yeah, I could see that game going down to seven, though, and there, I, I think there will be a couple games Houston blows out uh, Utah, and there's going to be some games where the there may be one or two games where both teams score under a hundred. Yeah, I could see that happening too. Um, let, let's move on to the next teams. All right. Uh, well, let's jump to the uh, battle for the eighth seed. It's it's pretty interesting right now. Portland's win against the Mavericks uh, just put them up into the eighth seed. Uh, the Kings and Pelicans have already been eliminated. So right now, Portland is half a game up over Memphis and Phoenix, who are tied for ninth. And then San Antonio is half a game behind. Actually, no, San Antonio is tied with them. So it's a three-way tie for ninth. San Antonio uh, quietly hanging around. No one talks yeah, about them at all. The problem for San Antonio is, so Phoenix and Memphis, they both have the same winning percentage at 45.8%, but San Antonio is 45.7%. So they're going to get screwed over if uh, it's a three-way tie. 
Yeah, honestly, I think the way it's shaping out, I don't think it really matters who gets the ninth seed. They're all going to get served up a nice slice of Dame time, and Dame time's just going to blow them out. And the yeah, one, they just got to win one game. So I, I think Portland will do that for sure. And they'll get the eighth seed. Well, well, if Portland loses and Phoenix win, or Phoenix or Memphis wins, then uh, that uh, then Portland would fall to. Well, if Phoenix and Memphis both win, Portland would fall out of the playoffs, and those two teams would play each other. Wow. So, yeah, they got to close it out. If they drop to that ninth seed, let's say Memphis or the Suns getting that that eighth seed. Do you see Portland being able to win back-to-back games like that against either Memphis or the Suns? I think they beat Memphis because they have more experience. Phoenix Mm -hmm. would be tougher because the way Phoenix has been playing right now, uh, they've been playing so well, it'll be hard for them to win. Yeah, really. That would be exciting games, honestly, to watch. The Suns against the Portland Trailblazers. That would be. Book against Dame who can drop the most points and carry their team the most. Yeah. And then uh, jumping to the Eastern Conference real quick, uh, Miami and Indiana, that could be a good four versus five matchup. Right now, uh, there's a game separating the Pacers and Sixers for the five and six seeds, uh, and they each have two left. So uh, that four versus five, well, really, three versus six and four versus five will be interesting. Boston's right now number three. Yeah, the way I've been looking at this is the Bucks better hope they get the teams they want to play because there's a lot of dangerous teams in the East. Like I've been talking about how great Toronto is. I, I still think Toronto's the best team in the East, but um, the Heat are definitely dangerous, and if TJ Warren's playing really well, the Pacers could also make an upset too. Yeah, the the East is it's just a weird conference. You don't know who's going to really come out of that. Like honestly, anyone from one to six could come out on top. Yeah, I'm I'm happy though. Like no more just Cleveland against Golden State. We're we're back to having competitiveness across every division. Yeah, now it's just going to be whoever wins the East is going to go catch an L to the uh, to one of the L.A. teams. Yeah, the, the L.A. teams are going to be playing inspired by, you know, playing for Kobe, and they're going to definitely be handing <laughs> an L to whatever chump in the East wants to play them. Although, yeah, I, I think yeah. I, I think the team that would challenge, well, we can talk about this probably in another episode, but I, I'm obviously very high on Toronto. I think Toronto could at least challenge one of those teams, but I don't think they have a chance of winning. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, hey, Quentin, who do you have going to the finals? Who are your oh, two? Who do I have teams? going to the finals? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take the Clippers and the Bucks. Okay. That's solid. Solid. You got Tyler. I got shoes. I'll go Lakers and then probably Toronto. Interesting. Interesting. LeBron <laughs> and the Lakers need to freaking make some shots, though. I'm tired of posting freaking memes <laughs> of them breaking <laughs> shots. I want some happy memes. Golly. Ty- Tyler's like that meme. Uh, or when he's posting the memes, he's like the meme of that guy with the smile mask on and beneath it he's crying. Yeah, that's me. Or oh, so yeah. he's a meme of a meme. 
I'm a yeah, meme exactly. Meme. <laughs> Another meme of the meme is those memes of the people painting like a clown mask on their face. That's me every time I think uh, Danny Green is actually going to shoot the ball well in the game. <laughs> yeah, you just have a meme-ception yeah. over there. Yep, meme within no, a meme. No. The way the Lakers have been playing, I'm not going to pick them to go to the finals. I'm going to go with the Clippers instead. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if the Lakers turned it around. It could just be LeBron taking LeBron and Anthony Davis taking it easy and letting Danny Green brick everything and then not giving him the ball in the playoffs. But Yeah, I, I don't know what it is with LeBron teams, but they always seem to be packed with veterans. And for some really reason, the veterans step up in the playoff time. Yeah, because all the veterans follow him everywhere. <laughs> Seriously. Including uh, one, J.R. Swish, who I'm hoping will start getting some more playing time <laughs> and hope going off. I'm goats. rooting for him. I'm rooting for the Goats, Caruso. You know, this is just a fun team. It really is. Yeah. it, it all, <laughs> Caruso, he needs to go to, like, the Cavaliers and just take over that team and city, become their new leader since LeBron left again, and lead them to a championship. Huh, lol. It's not gonna uh, happen. It's Cleveland. <laughs> LeBron is the only one who can break the Cleveland curse, not Alex okay. Caruso. Oh, as much as I okay. love him. So Caruso needs to come to Dallas and take over in Luca's spot and lead the Mavs to a championship. <laughs> I mean, I'll let's be real. Him, him and LeBron have the same hairline, so <laughs> Oof. Seriously. <laughs> they, they... <laughs> uh, so let me let me do my Eastern Conference Finals team. Uh, it's gonna be the, I'm gonna go with the Bucks. But <laughs> I, I'm not going to be surprised if it's someone else, though. Milwaukee's one of those teams where if you can uh, force the ball out of Giannis's hands, you probably have a, you have a good chance of winning. Yeah, I just uh, I don't, the supporting. But they'll cast take that is, L in the finals. Yeah, for sure. The supporting cast is good around the Bucks. I just I don't see a second guy that's going to step up for them. And if Giannis yeah. starts having bad games, it's just like it's over. Toronto is just, it seems like they have so many weapons that can step up. They have Kyle Lowry. They have Siakam. They have uh, OG, who's playing really well now, too. Like, they, they just have more. They bring more to the table, and they're just a better defensive team. Yeah. But you could probably convince me to picking Toronto. Oh, I will. <laughs> <laughs> Every episode until the finals, I'm just going to be praising Toronto. I'm going to be like Drake. I'm going to be praising Toronto, and then I'm going to root for the Lakers in the finals game. <laughs> okay, so will Drake find a way to get down to Orlando and get in the bubble and be at those games? Nah, they're going to put him on that screen. It's going to be so stupid. He's going to be every person on the screen. At the he's going to be wearing every jersey hey, of every team. Hey, he, he's been down so long, it looked like up to him. Boo. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Golly. Why did you have to do that? Boo <laughs> 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 this man. We're, we're so close to wrapping up an excellent episode. You had to work in some sorry-ass line. Golly. There's a Drake lyric. 
Yeah, I so, know. I know. Everyone knows. But, Everyone's but heard just, Drake. Well, I don't think Cody has. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cody's sucking no, like the 1980s. The only Drake I recognize is the one whose brother's name is Josh. <laughs> Sorry, stepbrother's name is Josh. Boo. <laughs> Both y'all terrible. We're just going to give Tyler horrible jokes and bother him to end the day before he goes and edits this. Also, shout out to Tyler for editing this. Yeah, sh- <laughs> shout out to myself for doing all the work. <laughs> shout out for me for uh, drinking now six beers. Oh, oh geez. <laughs> Dang, you, you drank that other. You didn't. We didn't even hear you open that one. I'm not great at NBA. <laughs> uh, Tyler's not great as, at baseball. Sir. Yeah, exactly. But uh, l- let's wrap this up real quick because we're still on air. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Th- um, thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. Uh, <laughs> hope you liked it. As always, give us your feedback. Uh, for the most part, y'all know us and see us or have our numbers or something. And if you don't, just send us a message on whatever social media, IG y'all or use. Twitter. Speaking yeah. of that, follow us on those at, at, at Texas 3-Step. Also, follow us on Spotify and YouTube so you can get the alerts. Um, YouTube on Saturday, we got our next UFC fight preview coming up. We're a pretty big fight on Saturday. So that we're should gonna be try pretty to get exciting. A hockey, we're going to try to get a hockey preview out too. talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs and maybe a little bit of Stars action too. One of our friends, Noah, is going to hopefully come on and join us. Uh, and talk some hockey. Yeah, that'll absolutely. be on YouTube too. Yeah, he'll be, he'll yeah. be on the on the cast with me, and we'll do a, we'll do a little mini cast. And also, while you're at it, hey, uh, I'm gonna check be out there too. Oh, you are gonna be there. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> I will not be hey, there. <laughs> we gotta we gotta have three people on, and it's the text three step. That is true. That's true. We gotta have that three. True. But, I gotta uh, find two more people for UFC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tyler, Tyler, no, just, just talk really voices. loud in the mic. I'll just do three different voices, like I'm schizophrenic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, shout out to Texas Sports Life, who's still our sponsor, and uh, yeah, that's basically it. That wraps it up. Uh, thanks again, guys, for listening. Peace. Osvaldo, deuces. <laughs> <laughs>